Sometimes we need a little inspiration, and Real Things Living podcast does just that. Real Things Living has a focus on resilience and connection with others. Those connections lead to ideas, to solutions, and to better overall health. This podcast is brought to you by Gemini Media. Gemini Media delivers the best solutions for business communications through collaborative relationships. Hi, y'all. It's Bridget Cutshaw with Real Things Living. Today, today my guest is Pradeep Kumar Sassadaran. Did I say it right? Or my good? I got close. Perfect. I had a. I think Very I added good. a French accent because my <laughs> French that my mom is French. Everything sounds better in French. So it's Everything. My, even my name. So I might say change my name to French now. <laughs> it does. But when you you told me the proper pronunciation, it makes me think of France. And I was just there actually last month. So maybe that's why it's still twirling around in my brain. Um, yeah. So you are based in the UK and you have a amazing background. I just quickly want to ask you, I know your background, you were in like a teenage gang, you didn't finish high school, and then you ended up being a scientist and won all these awards, and now you have this huge company. Can you tell me what what motivated you to go from um, dropping out of high school to pursuing all these great things? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. I, I think there's no one single motivation. I think motivation and passion changes over time. Uh, for me, literally, uh, I, I used to, I still say to people, actually, um, I hate studying, but I love learning. Two different concepts. Uh, even when I had PhD students, I had students uh, uh, beneath me, I, I used to say, hey, two different concepts, guys, uh, studying something and learning. Um, so uh, I, learning in the high school kind of traditional system didn't apply to me. Um, so I'm not saying it's bad. I think there's no better system as of yet. But I do think we're in a kind of 17th century or industrial kind of revolution kind of uh, English academic system. Uh, maybe algorithms and AIs can sort us out, uh, but that's that's another topic. So it didn't st- studying didn't didn't apply um, really apply to me. So I went to sales, uh, but I still had the kind of gang affiliations. Uh, thank God, Touchwood, I didn't make any uh, getting in any legal trouble. Um, I had weightlifting as a pillar, exercise as a pillar that got me out of trouble, gave me some kind of discipline. In fact, I owe a lot to weightlifting. And at 21, <laughs> I, in 21, I did get into a real serious gang fight, which put me in a coma for four hours. Someone hit me at the back of my head. I always say I didn't see God or angels or anything, anything of that caliber. But I said, you know, uh, the first motivation, if you call it motivation, was to change my life around because... When I woke up in the hospital bed, I was alone. No friends, no family. It was just me. I'm like, what am I doing? And so I made phone calls and viewers can look at my other podcast where I talk about life is three things. It's a sales game, it's a numbers game, and a risk game. Um, so I made phone calls. A lovely woman called Janet Hudson, um, not the American singer, but <laughs> a lovely <laughs> British woman um, gave me a chance. Uh, Polytech University, which you guys call a community college. From there, I just put my head down. Um, so, and I managed to get to Oxford in five years. Um, and then I went to Harvard in seven years from being a dropout. And even during that time, I challenged the system. So 
coming to your first question at 16 i really wanted to change my life and just get out of the area and the people i was associated with i like that aspect it's very common you be can grow better and change once you get out of that environment is it kind of like a is bubble the right word um yeah i think that's it's really it's a good thing that you listened to that you understood especially after that incident of um being in a in a coma you're like okay i don't want to live like this and yeah. i like yeah, it. I, I i and you know coming back to your point you made is it you are who you surround yourself with yes and sometimes you know as i say to people you know that's where you need empathy uh, when you're a leader or when you look at the bigger picture you got to understand everyone i i don't think they're born evil uh, there may be some biological traits in the head or you can talk about the psychologist but majority i would say but circumstances surroundings people um and and the data that's coming into you is from a childhood is what kind of encapsulates your possibilities and limitations most of the time right um so I, no one has a career you know i look back and the kids now when i go to school by the way i do these things because i i want to make an impact share my story and i go to kids um schools and these podcasts and say hey um what do you want to be i said i didn't know like no one in my family had a career nor around my uh, area or in high school or my friends wouldn't even I, it sounds strange but we didn't know what college was or university was and it sounds uh it sounds absurd now to my circles that i associate with now but um yeah coming back to your point you know you, you're in a bubble because you are born or uh, you live in a bubble and it's up to us to kind of poke that bubble and kind of burst and see you know that look in like it's like narnia in a wardrobe you open the wardrobe it's a whole sheen <laughs> it's a it's a world and, and every world has a new wardrobe and there's different levels to it that's that's so true and i think like i said you're very brave and and i think a lot of people are afraid of change i think that's always but change is constant it's always been around for millions of years and we have to learn how to adjust to it. And you did, you figured it out for you. Did you, was you're talking on, do you have any siblings around? I didn't know if you had siblings. Yes. I had a young, younger brother. Uh, we're seven years apart in age, but I have a younger brother. Right. And that was something that probably, maybe you wanted to be a role model for him. Right. I was, I was yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I think at that time I didn't think about it. I just wanted to do something myself to be very honest. Right. Uh, but looking back, hopefully I'm a role model. And by the way, uh, can I come to this point? It's an interesting point, a uh, fascinating point that sometimes I touch upon is that in the hardest of times, and you know, there's four, I call myself a serious drop, a serial dropout. I dropped out of the system four times. In the hardest of times, when if I'm running a marathon or lifting weights or trying to get into academia or, or researching a drug or facing bankruptcy and debt, I, I don't think... It might be me, but I don't think about my loved ones. <laughs> I don't think about having an impact. It's about the immediate goal and survival. Um, so if it's 40 kilometers and I have two more kilometers to finish in a marathon, it's about getting to the finish line. Right. Then I th then I might relax and think about, you know, uh, what's the legacy? You know, who's thinking about me exercising? Am I being a role model? And sometimes I think uh, we lose that in trust translation when people say hey uh, i'm doing it for loved ones and stuff but sometimes i think when you're in the midst of things you've got to do it for yourself first um and you've got to accomplish those tick boxes because you can't use others 
as a board or a mark for an excuse or not. Uh, and it sounds weird to say this, but I always say you've got to be selfish to be selfless. That's true. It's true. You have to be. And you listen. I think you listen to your, your instincts, too. A lot of people ignore them. A lot of people don't believe they think it's cheesy to listen to your, your body or your instincts. And, and then you you were in a survival mode and you survived and you're thriving. And I love the aspect of you mentioned challenging the system. And I think that's what helps people think differently. I think we should be open to different perspectives because just because you're doing it one way doesn't work for everybody. And I think that's, it doesn't. And I think that's like with the medical field or in the health field, uh, in the past, they're just pushing, this is one solution, but it doesn't work for everybody. And I think that's the way the, from my experience as a patient, just you've got to ask questions and everybody's different. And I love the the data that's being um, captured now and helping find solutions for people. And the uh, mentioned earlier that you're an author and you wrote a book about how to improve your your gut health and that's related to everything. So what interests you in that to get involved in that, the health aspect? Yeah, so towards the end of my career in biotech, uh, I was doing research into medicinal drugs to change your gut. Um, right. There's some very good evidence. Uh, well, there everyone knows now. Actually, to be honest with you, this gut microbiome um, fashion or trend has been here for thousands of years. The Greeks and the Egyptians knew about it for right. ages. Um, so it's nothing special. Uh, we just got more sophisticated with our science and uh, measuring things. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, you know, we're discovering drugs and seeing how we can tap into the microbiome, which is harder than you think. It changes over time. Um, um, so when I left the science field, I wanted to give back. Uh, one of the earliest way I uh, thought I can give back is making science um, uh, available to the general public. And, and interest is for most people around the world is food, uh, no matter what culture or background. And gut health is important. So I thought, let me write a book that's very, very um, basic in terms of understanding. And I kept it very basic. Um, so that's what my interest is. But, you know, I just was in another podcast and I said to people, hey, uh, there's no one way around this. You got to experiment and yes. eat different foods, go on different diets. You know, don't think one diet is extreme or this diet is bad. And just go for it for a week or a couple of days and, you know, f get fine in tune with your body and then see what works for you. Um, right. And that's very important. And also, um, certain things don't work for you at a certain age, but they might do when you're older. And also at a different body weight as well. So I went through my own weightlifting kind of big guy, marathon runner, slim guy kind of transition and different foods and different um, um, intakes of fluids work differently as well. So I'm a big believer in experimenting. Again, don't listen to the gurus and the systems and just work it out for yourself. Right. That's kind of like for me, everybody talks about how great coffee is for you. I can't drink coffee because... I will go run a marathon. You know what I'm saying? That it's just I naturally have, I I believe, higher metab naturally higher metabolism. Is that the right word? And yeah. and caffeine is just not good for Bridget. And yeah. it's just not. And that's something I learned over time. And uh so just I've always craved vegetables. Well, that must mean I need it, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, maybe 
maybe your caffeine, I don't, I forgot the receptor's name, I just, and then someone's going to correct me, receptors might be sensitive, uh, uh, you might be sensitive, your receptors to caffeine. Yes, my receptors, yes, yeah. and if I do drink it, I don't get the jitters, I just get jacked, really jacked up, <laughs> and for that, but I, and it affects my sleep, and I, you know, you know how important sleep is, and, and how, you know, what you're putting into your body, and everybody is different, and I didn't think about that, how it could, the food, based on your, your age. And I didn't think about that aspect. And as I've aged, I think a lot of people are experiencing this now that we're getting older, they're finding out yeah. what they've if eating so much of like dairy affects a lot of people as they get older. That's my understanding. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think it depends on who you are. It's not, it's fascinating that a lot of the scientists or the, or the gurus kind of um, simplify certain things, but they don't explain in detail. So Correct. I, I think, Age itself is a very important factor, and certain obviously your metabolism closes down. But if you look at the Scandinavian countries, they might be more inclined to digest meat more than other countries, right? Because evolutionally, their meat might be more available to them compared to greens and other things, and even dairy as well. So it really depends on the region and how old you are. Depends on your genetics as well, uh, you know, um, and and that's very important. So again. I'm not one to tell anyone what to do. I think you've got to experiment and we live in free countries that allow us to do so. So we should rejoice and, you know, uh, you know, take, uh, take, take the opportunity. I like that you're mentioning it's, it's you got to experiment with it. And I tested, I tested, I stopped eating dairy over 10 years ago and I felt so much better. There's something yeah. it, it made my body hurt. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah, think, but it wasn't when I was younger. That's, that's what I was saying. I didn't know if it had something to do with I was aging. It, uh, I never was huge into cheese, right? Mm -hmm. But I stopped eating it and drinking. And I'm, you know, like, oh, that's bad for you. You need, you need it for calcium. Like, well, no, I can take other things for care. I mean, that's, that's how I saw it. And yeah. I, I did, um, to help me understand, it, I did get like certified in nutrition because I wanted to understand it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And they didn't say in this, what I was doing, not to have dairy, but if you have a sensitivity to it, to not eat it, right? And I, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm allergic to dairy, but I'm sensitive to it for some reason, just like yeah. caffeine. Exactly. Um, and you got to work that out and fine tune it. And, um, you know, there is scientific evidence. Obviously, there's a whole literature on terms of deficiencies and, uh, yeah. and you might be clinically deficient and it's very important to address that um but you know if if you don't go without certain things for a while i think the body will kind of learn to adjust and fine-tune and, right. and bypass yeah. certain systems um obviously don't it doesn't mean you ignore your fruits or vegetables and uh oh yeah kind of a balance kind of but you know i think people make too much of saying hey this is the our ROI recommended intake and this is what we have to do and so forth you know um, again it's highly individualized and circumstance uh, you know uh, it's different for everyone else and it's different like um, for the state that I live in even though I, I was going to help people try to learn I couldn't I couldn't advise people to talk to them or coach them on nutrition because the state I live in you have to be a registered dietitian have a degree in it. And so I never did, but I did it to help me and it helped Bridget. And I try to yeah. be, people are shocked that I don't have dairy in my, but I feel better. So that's kind of why, but I find 
other ways to get my calcium. Well, you, you have the you have the you have the freedom you have the freedom of expression, so you can always go on YouTube or any other channels and you know say your knowledge out, and it's up to someone else to listen. <laughs> I, yeah, I should do you that. Should. It's and I, that's kind of why I've done. Um, you know, I look at more of a patient advocate because I think medical uh, doctors they're overwhelmed right now, <laughs> and I think. The nurses are really helpful, but they're overwhelmed too because of what has happened. But to me, it's it's just like you said, I like the word experimenting and <clears throat> trying different things to find out what works for you. If some people can't afford to hire someone to help them, you know, to go through that. And I like to share that info. And I know I'm, I'm talking a lot about gut health. I, that's fine. That's, it's so critical. And I love that you wrote that book. I'm going to get that copy of that book anyway. Because and recommend- it, it, it might be your your highly educated area. It might be very simple for you. So it, it's okay. It, it's okay. okay. It, but I just want to people. I also lost weight too when I stopped eating dairy, and mm. I don't. I wasn't. I wasn't trying to. Lose, I was just trying to feel better. So apparently, I think your your immune system is constantly. If it's a, you're sensitive to something, it's constantly fighting that, right? Yeah, and the it, inflammation. And I've had cancer. Yeah. I've had cancer a couple of times too because, oh, no. and but it's all related to, you know, I'm not saying it's not in my genetics, so it's environmental, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, and it doesn't run in my family, but I caught it and I asked questions, and that's why I knew I had to. I'm not saying dairy caused my cancer, but I'm, but it wasn't helping my body fight cancer. How's that? Yeah, I mean. It, it, Again, it's your gut instincts and what you think and what you believe. And you've got to go with that flow. Um, right. Again, as I said, in different aspects of life, I really challenge the system. And you've got to go with that. Hey, this is the truth. I kind of see the truth in that tunnel at the end. And I know a lot of people with mo- much who are brighter than I and more experienced are telling me not to. But I'll listen to them. I won't be arrogant, but I'm still going to go to that truth because it, it's kind of telling me that it's there. But you've got to be very self-reflective of that truth and say, why am I reflecting on that truth alone? Uh, where is that data coming from? And I'm not, am I not individually biased? You know, right. That's the question you've got to ask because then it becomes the absolute truth for you. And that's what I think works out. Right. It sounds like you're doing, you're just doing so much good stuff for people and you have a lot of different interests. And so you were in a, uh, were you in a corporate job and then you started your own business, right? Was it a, how many years ago was that? Oh, that was three years ago. So, okay. uh, yeah, I dropped out. The first drop out was high school. Then I went into academia, went all the way to the top. Then I dropped out of academia because uh, my professors said it'll take 30 years for three of my ideas for experiment drugs. Um, I said, well, I don't have that time. And, uh, you know, by the way, Richard, these are Nobel Prize winners who are much brighter than I. Um, and see, even they, with their all their IQ, they're in a system. So you do a bit of research, you go and ask for funding, you yes. come back. And by the way, that's how you do, do it. But I said, hey, there must be a way to accelerate this. So what I did was, you know, everyone knows it from other parts, 272 phone calls, I landed in China. So I dropped out the traditional academic journey of 30 years. And those drugs I discovered in 18 months. Um, I had a bigger budget in China with a workforce as well. Wow. Um, so so I went into 
that kind of system. Then my third dropout was um, from the academic and corporate system. And I went into business development in biotech. And that was my corporate uh, learning curve. And then my fourth and I don't know if his final dropout was from the whole Korean corporate. And I started my own business uh, three years ago. That's awesome. I I love that you did that. I started my own business. Just, just want, you know, the background. I had a corporate job. And for many years, I was an independent contractor. But then I ended up, went back to corporate. Oh, I need to do this, right? But then we had a private equity buyout for my division. A lot of people laid off and I was one of them. And then, and then I got cancer again, like three months. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do my own thing. And my clients, and I needed that because it was it, right. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to not do what everybody's telling me what to do. I, I think I have an independent mindset and you definitely have one as well, but I think that's what helps you move forward and, yeah. and, and be successful. And, and you had this passion for, it's okay to drop out, right? I mean, you shouldn't, you, I think it's kind yeah. of, funny, the humor, the dropout, but you got out of the, the system, you challenged it and look how successful you have become in three years. And it does help. You probably had some good, you learned from those other roles though, right? Is that really what it is? Yeah, you learned definitely, from it. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so from 16 to 21, when I was that uneducated kid and life was teaching me sales, um, although we didn't have much money to travel, what, what London gave me was the opportunity to work in sales in central London. Um, so I was working in shoe shops, fashion shops, bars and clubs and pubs. Uh, I was learning sales and I was learning people. And there were people all around the world coming into this place. So I was learning nationalities, languages. So it was life experience. And I always lift, reflect back and say, there's two Pradeeps. There's a kind of a street smart hustler Pradeep. And then there's the kind of Oxford, Harvard Pradeep. And both brains are fighting. And usually the, the big decisions, the risky decisions that paid off are from the street smart Pradeep. Um, because that's our instincts that's needed. And so, yeah, every experience is a, it is, it's a kind of a learning curve and it's always come, it all comes together. And plus when you drop out once and you survive, it's like, you know, Oh, I've been in deep water before I can swim. So let's keep going. <laughs> I like that analogy. And you definitely, it kind of ties in. You mentioned earlier in the conversation, studying versus learning. And I think learning should be more important. And I think that's why a lot of people find school to be boring if they're pushing the studying aspect. And I like your the analogy of your street pretty versus your your Harvard pretty and the street pretty actually succeeds because he's not afraid of risk. Yeah. And I that to me is a great, great takeaway. You've learned you even though you had these tough moments, you've learned from it. You you built the resilience in you and yeah. pe- people aren't born with resilience, right? I think you, it, uh, yeah, it's, you're not born with that. No, I, I don't think so. Um, I think uh, I agree you're born with a lot of uh, natural gifts and talents. Uh, everyone's different, a bit like your gut. Uh, everyone's yeah. different, uh, um, but, you know, uh, risk appetite and um, hunger and resilience, I think you have to learn on your journey. Yes. I, I really do. And a lot of people talk about hunger, ambition, but the number one thing I put on top from me studying the best, probably less than 1% in the world of pro- successful people, 
uh, is probably risk appetite. Oh. It, yeah, you can have hunger and ambition, like everyone says, but it comes down to risk appetite. It really does. I like um, that. So, I like so that. And, and how much risk you're willing to take. Right. And that's how, and if you fail at something when you take a risk, don't you just reflect on that and then what you learned, right? That's what I think is what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, every rejection I have, I say uh, it's a uh, misconceived uh, perception. So someone's perceived your idea or yourself wrong, it's up to you to go and fix it. You know, a lot of the Western or, you know, the worldly view is, oh, um, uh, you know, it's, I'm individual, I'm, I'm allowed to have my expression and dreams and so forth. And that's totally true. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on your side, but you got to work with people. And if people are seeing you wrong, it's a perception problem. So you really need to go and fix it and change it and kind of go with the flow as well. So that helps right. with resilience as well because you you teach yourself that you can learn and reinvent yourself. That's true. And another thing I've learned over the years is to not take something like that personally. It's hard to do that, right? <laughs> because it puts yeah. doubt in yourself. But that's kind of why maybe I would go for a run, right? <laughs> if something like that would helps me get over something. I just it kind of helps burn little frustration maybe and yeah you yeah. also need to pause before you react to something <laughs> yeah uh, i agree on both exercise and uh, reflection is critical the third thing it, it might be very drastic but philosophical uh, is that you know um, when you look at shame and embarrassment and rejection failure you've got to be critical and said everyone that's rejected you or, or going to laugh at you or the whole world everything's everyone's dead <laughs> eventually right. i'm dead everyone's dead eventually so all their emotions and their reflections and what you think and feel are gone and it's timeless you know if very few people capture history and you've got to have a lot of luck to do that the einsteins the newtons and so forth you know you're you're just a you're, you're probably 80 years if you're lucky 70 years so um that's the kind of bigger philosophical picture when i'm down and, you know, I, I get rejected every time by the banks now, even they're in a system, even if no matter how successful you are, <laughs> I always say you're in a system and uh, you just have to keep going and said, hey, uh, you can't I think like too that. much because everyone's gone one day. I kind of see you, I mean, in a good way, a rebel in a way. I mean, I think that's not yeah. a bad thing. And yeah. uh, I think that's good. <laughs> yeah, a, 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 you got to be a rebel, but be in the legal parameters. Yeah, illegal, right, in the legal aspect. But I just, yeah. to me, I visualize. A legal rebel, there you go. Right, I visualize, you know, based on, you know, creativity. and You're being very creative as well throughout your life. And that's, you and to. you were challenging yeah. the system and that, and your your risk, you have a good risk appetite. And that's kind of, uh, I, I like talking to people like you um, because of that. It helps motivate and inspire other people because they have these ideas, but then they're afraid to yeah. move forward or they're afraid of, again, they got to get out of that bubble if they can yeah. and not be afraid of that. Yeah, it's a domino effect. You know, the reason why I do these things. And by the way, when you quit certain things like career, it gives you time to do certain things you enjoy, uh, which this is what I enjoy. I like telling my story saying, hey, if I can do it, you can do it. And I want yes. people to do better than me. Um, and then if you do better than me, then around you, someone's going to pick you up and they're going to do better than you. And it's a domino effect, I think. 
And right. that's how as a, as a species, as we evolve and we progress on. And that's very important. Oh, that is so good. I think you're, you're being a guest on here is very, very insightful. And I'm, I know a lot of what you're talking about, but I'm still learning. Right. And you've got to be open to that. And I think that is why I was really excited to have you on as a guest, because I, I loved your background. I like the, um, you're challenging the system, but in a good way, I don't see it negatively because that's how we make things better in the long term, like the domino effect, right? Yeah. Yeah. So where can people learn more about you, Pradeep? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn, Pradeep Kumar Sasidara, my full name. I'm quite active on there. Uh my all my my YouTube channels, PK Sasidaran, my Twitter is PK Sasidaran, Instagram is PK Sasidaran. So it's my initial uh with my long name, Sasidaran. Um just message me. I'm very open to I'm here to help and serve. I might be a bit slow uh, on the reply, but usually um, I'm on point and I, I'll try to help when I can. And or I'll, I'll, I'll try to point you the right direction. Right. If you, you'll help, you know, you'll give proper feedback. I'm like, I can't help you or I can't help you. And this is what the next step is. Yeah. For those that are listening, I'll have the links included in the description of this podcast episode. And again, I love your, your sense of humor and your, your risk appetite we have it just got me excited just because i love hearing stories like this how you succeeded well you've succeeded as well you battled cancer you changed your gut you lost weight you know you went out of corporate job so it's, it's good to right i survived to talk yeah talk to a fellow um uh, legal rebel exactly <laughs> well thank you again Pradeep, for your time and thanks for everybody for listening thank you so much I appreciate your time and I thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast or leave a comment. Now go have a great day.